It's episode 110 of the Frustration Nation podcast, and yes, we are every week, as you know, in the nation of frustration, we are always frustrated and upset about something. What is it that we're upset about this week? Well, frankly, you'll have to listen to find out, but here's a little sneaky peeky for you. We talk absolutely not at all about college football, even though there was a big game against between Iowa and Purdue uh, because Notre Dame and Michigan aren't playing and when our teams aren't playing why should we care seriously explain that to me this is about this is our podcast we talk about what we want when we want and how we want to thank you very much we talk about the Bears and their embarrassing loss to the Packers Um, even though frankly I don't find it that surprising that it happened but here we are and we talk about the lions who also unsurprisingly lost um on sunday uh to the Bengals. so yeah we talk about that and yeah a bunch of fun that is and then we talk a little bit of nhl blackhawks off to a bad start this season nba bulls off to a rocking start red wings off to a pretty good start pistons lose to the Bulls, and that's kind of our little review there. We do F an idiot. We talk a little bit about our betting favorites, what who teams were high on, what teams were low on, and we close out with our airing of grievances as we always do. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and uh, I'll be honest, it's a, it's a shorter one, which you're probably thankful for, and we recorded this very late at night, and I was... I like almost fell asleep a couple times in the middle of recording this, just being completely transparent with you. So hopefully uh, everything I say in this episode is coherent and makes sense and doesn't sound like I just blacked out on the man in the Michigan hat. Anyway, enjoy episode 110. Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN Podcast for FN fans. <laughs> Thank you. I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to just go into <clears throat> <through> it. <clears throat> if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. We are the FN Podcast for FN fans. FN sports. <laughs> Way to bring the energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are the effing fan. All right. We are. Here we go. We are Fox Sport. <laughs> yeah, now you can bet with Terry Bradshaw's money or whatever that means. I hear that all the time on TV. I'm like, I don't get what you're talking about, Terry Bradshaw. I think you're a little uh, Alzheimer's-y right Here's now. Here's my debit card number. Yeah. <laughs> Now the security code on the back is... <laughs> Thanks, Terry. 
That's a, that would be a Dick Vital move for sure. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> we are the FN podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Chicago fan, Furious George, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Detroit fan, Man in the Michigan Hat. Man in the Michigan Hat, what sucks about your day today? I'm going to start off, I'm not sure how much this has been said on the podcast, so I will catch you listeners up. The Chicago House, if you're not aware of who they are. The best soccer team in the world. The greatest sports franchise in North America. Um, Surprised you haven't heard about it, frankly. On the banks of Lake Michigan. Um, They're very persistent in their ticket sales department. (laughs) So... (laughs) It's kind of a kind of a running joke with me, you, and Richie, where we followed them. I don't even know how we found them originally. We commented things like, I'm the world's biggest Chicago house fan. One of them liked our comments. We're like, oh, cool. So we, I had started like commenting on their stuff. I think they at one point, me, you, and Richie had all commented underneath something they said. They liked Richie's comment. They commented under yours and said, we love your username and just ignored me. So I was like, all right, I see how it is. I am going to comment on every post they make until they follow me back. And they like I I probably commented. I would share with you guys a lot of times. And when they posted something, you guys would share it with me so I didn't miss it. I think I had commented on probably 80 of their Twitter posts. <laughs> <laughs> and it was always some version. They'd say, like, it's a great day to play some soccer. And I'd comment, it's a great day for you to follow back at Michigan Hat. Yeah. You know, like... Um, just stupid versions of that. A couple times they liked it. Once they said, why should we follow you back? I said, because I'm the world's biggest Chicago house fan. Nothing. They, I commented again. They said, like, here, we found something, and they circled it. So I posted a picture of my profile, and I circled the word follow and said, look, I found this for you, too. Like, something like that. They said they that, comment, one, that one they said tunnel vision, showing the players walking yeah, that's the tunnel. Right. <laughs> that's, and you made a yeah. tunnel by drawing circles around the follow button. <laughs> I thought it was And funny, they were right? like, maybe if you do that like 25 times or something, we would follow you. I don't remember what it was. So I went into the my the app on my phone. I drew about 80 circles around the follow button in all different colors and said, like, here, this should be clearer. It's like, okay, they're definitely going to follow me back now. They comment back and they're like, great use of colors. Don't follow me. <laughs> so I was already like really irritated. I was like, what else do I have to do? This feels like a one-sided relationship. I know myself and my worth, and I'm a better fan than this. Um, so then I had also entered a merch giveaway where I have to give my phone number, email address, whatever, I right? I that one, too. I get a phone call from an unknown Chicago number. It wasn't me. It's like, okay. So I was when I was at work, right? I was at work. I was like, oh, maybe one of my vendors or something. So I answer it. This is the Chicago house. My first thought was I'm about to get a cease and desist from the Chicago house. <laughs> social media team (laughs) was like oh okay how can i help you and they were like well you just entered our merch giveaway remember and i was super excited 
because I had forgotten about it. I thought I was about to get a Chicago house jersey. This is going to be great content for the podcast. Now they're definitely going to follow me when I post I won the merch giveaway. And instead, it's just some bum trying to sell me tickets to a Chicago house game. I feel dirty. I feel disgusted. I need to take a it shower wasn't just after any this. Bum. It was Melissa. It might have actually been Melissa. I was had it? Melissa call Who, me. I think it probably was the same person. Well, realistically, I doubt they have multiple <laughs> cold call social media people. So very irritated. I am officially moving on from the Chicago house. I will take my loyalties to a team that appreciates me and doesn't play with my emotions. Uh, like frankly, I'm disgusted. Lions. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good point. <laughs> Uh, at least the Lions don't lie about not caring about my satisfaction as a fan. The the house just continue to toy with my emotions. I can't take it anymore. Um, so, yeah, I am very upset with the way this whole thing's been handled. Frankly, you're not a good enough team or a big enough social media presence to be treating your fans with such disdain. I deserve better. So, Melissa, in my message, said at one point that... Um, I noticed that you entered the merchandise giveaway, and this was the phrase she used. You look at our Twitter account sometimes, which I think she said that to me. We noticed you've engaged with our Twitter yeah. account, and I was like, well, I think that I don't know if she connects it to because my name, my actual name was on the email right. form I submitted but my actual name isn't on my Twitter account. So I don't know if that actually connected that or not. If so, that would be funny. But because I don't know, maybe she manages the social media page too. I don't know. She probably is the GM for the team. <laughs> probably. She's actually Bum. the wife, Chicago the wife House. of the goalie of the team. Right. right. <laughs> she, yeah, schedules the, the team meetings yeah. and the buses. She drives the bus to their games. Yeah. So very disappointed. Um, I'm so sorry I, for your. Can loss. you do me a favor? Actually, could you respond to that email and say, no. "Follow Michigan <laughs> Halfback on Twitter." <laughs> I got it was a phone call, and I do not feel like calling back to just say that. <laughs> I should call right now on the air. Call the number back. Do it. It's only ten thirty at night. <laughs> all right, let's see. Um, Make sure you put Chicago, it on speaker Illinois. so we can all hear. All right, here we go. This will be very interesting, everybody. Can you hear it? Yeah. Watch, they don't even have an answering machine set up. Hi, you reached Melissa's phone. Sorry that I'm unable to take your call. <laughs> it's not even a house email or a house answering That's machine. Her it's cell just phone number? Her personal cell phone. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, she's going to call me back tomorrow. <laughs> I thought for sure. I thought it was going to say that you've reached the Chicago I house do. social media, whatever, you know. It's just her cell phone. See, this is a Mickey Mouse team. You can follow me back. Come on. You've got like 75 Twitter followers. <laughs> Uh, well, that was funny. Well, yeah, that's my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. All right. You've reached Melissa. 
Oh man. Okay. Oh. Wow. Um. <clears throat> well. <laughs> well, I guess it's good she didn't answer then. My vent sesh is very fresh today, um, so I'm on fall break, which is great. It is nice to be off, but we don't do silver linings on this show. Um, nope. So I'll tell you that th- what's been frustrating, the reasons my vent is today I sealed my deck and I oh yeah the idea came up because I, over the weekend I was helping my dad seal his deck and oh yeah <laughs> and I was like oh I really need to do this for mine and he had some left over so he let me borrow it it's <laughs> <laughs> funny and anyway so this morning so wait is it, it's like stain basically the way it works you, you can like buy stain, but I bought clear. Okay. But anyway, so today I got up early, went to the hardware store, got what I needed, and I started working on it. And my dad's philosophy was like, "Oh, he he, their deck is one huge, and two, they have this. Do you know what a pergola is?" Yeah, yeah. So I had a big pergola of above the whole deck. So we had to do that whole thing too. Well, right? I asked him if he was going to do that. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. He said, I'm just going to do the parts where like the snow and moisture usually sits for a long time. And he said, the pergola mm-hmm. gets a lot of direct sunlight. The snow doesn't sit there very much. So I'm just going to do the floor of the deck. So okay. I was going at it with that same approach. And I was like, yeah, I guess for my deck, where it sits the most is on the floor of the deck and down the stairs well um you know how it goes how when your your wife has a different idea for what they think it should look like than what you're initially intending Mm -hmm. and so i was like i asked her this morning i said do you want me to do the railings and like all the the sides and everything she said well yeah and i said okay so I was out there forever. I don't even know if when you were over here, you saw my deck the other. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Pull it out, pulled it out and showed it to you down Whip in the basement. Deck um, yeah. But so our deck, it's a raised deck, first of all. Mm-hmm. So it's really tall. Oh, yeah. yeah it it's, it's, a, it's a really big deck. Um, <laughs> but no, no, it's yeah, it's not like a ground level. No, one. not at all. And so it's. Um, I didn't do the underside of it, but like I had to go and like all the supporting, um, joists and everything and the, the posts that lead down that are bolted to the cement ground. I had to like go paint that stuff. Cause I don't want that to get rotted out by the snow. Cause it's the foundation. It's kind of important. So I'm down there, but then also along the sides and around the whole deck are a bunch of other like tiny little poles that go around it that's partially for support of the railing and partially just for the like aesthetic anyway Mm. and these little poles these little posts go down the entire stairwell as well uh it took me forever and usually this kind of thing i would have been like yeah there's honestly not that much edging of the paint that i have to do on here um but no there was a ton because I I did more with the paintbrush than I did with the roller, and it was yeah. very frustrating, and so that's why it's my vent. Because and here, here's why it's my vent. It took me all day to do this. It was exhausting to do, and it doesn't even look that great at the end. 
So can you tell the spots you did versus the ones you didn't or not really? So I did the whole thing other than the underneath the bottom side of it. I did the whole okay. thing. Yeah. But the problem is, is that I was almost done. And I did like a one corner of the deck and I ran out of the deck sealant that my dad gave me. So mm. I had gotten from the store earlier today a different deck sealant. And it was different because the store I went to didn't sell the same one that my dad had. But both of them were supposed to be transparent. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, so this will be fine. Um, and I can't tell because it's dark out now. But I need to go look and see tomorrow because I think it did not dry equally. And so that's the bad news um that i might need to not start over but in terms of the main part of the deck i might need to redo that whole section Hmm. so basically well maybe too as it sits and like the sun's on it a little bit maybe it it was just one of those things that what was frustrating is that it took me all day to do it it was a lot of effort and exhausting and then it didn't even look the way i wanted it to at the end you know like those are the Mm -hmm. worst projects the ones where it it just takes forever and it still isn't good it's like the pavers patio I did in the backyard right. where it's like, yeah, yeah, I probably spent hours and hours, multiple days of multiple weeks doing it. And it still like wasn't quite as level as I wanted it. Yep. So that's my, yeah. um, but I'm going to go ahead and roll us into our football discussion this week. Um, we're, we're not talking about college football this week. Um, Notre Dame and Michigan did week. not play. Yeah. It's our bye week as well. Um, yep. I did not watch like any college football at all. Uh, I, so because of fall break, I went up to visit my family and my grandpa who lives eight hours away was in town. So a lot of mm-hmm. my attention was dedicated to him and my parents. So I did not watch any college football at all on Saturday. So I have nothing to say about that this weekend or on this episode. Um, but my grandpa is a big Packers fan, and so the Bears-Packers game what was a must to be on in my parents' house. Um, so we watched that, and here's what I'll say. And I actually, before re- I recorded this, I just got done recording my game reaction on Full Press Bears. Take a look on there, too. Honestly, I don't have much to say about the game. Like, a lot of Bears fans, like, are reacting crazily, and I brought up on my other, on my Full Press Bears podcast that a lot of, like, these Bears-Packers games, I find that fans always in the end are reevaluating the entire team and the front office mm-hmm. and everything, because for the Bears, it's it's so sad, but it's gotten to the point where beating, the, beating Green Bay is like winning the Super Bowl for Bears fans, and it's like, I mean, you know this feeling because it literally is the same as the way Michigan Ohio state has become. Mm-hmm. It's not even a really a, what makes you angry is not even the fact that your team loses to them. It's that they don't even view it as a rivalry anymore because they're just mm-hmm. always beating you and beating you fairly soundly. And so <clears throat> to me, I guess I just no, normally in the past I've gotten like, I love talking trash with my grandpa and he'll, he'll, give it right back i just had like nothing to say about this game 
Like mm. it was it was the most Bears Packers game under Matt Nagy that I could have expected where it's really close after the first half and then the Packers pull away. Like feels like that happens in a lot of Packers games. It, it is. It is. And my under Matt Nagy and the the way the Bears handled it a lot is they keep the Packers to minimum points, but they just never score enough. So the Bears only allowed 24 points to the Packers. Yeah. And the Bears only scored 14, and that was the problem. Like, if you even score one more touchdown there, you're only down by three points and have a good chance to win. Um, <clears throat> Holding the Packers' offense to 24 should be enough to win a game. Exactly. Or- that at, at all times. And yeah, that's it, it's so frustrating. Um, but yeah, so in terms of my overall thoughts in the game, I don't have much to say because it's pretty much what I expected to happen. Um, the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers saying, I own you, I own you. I like to, I liked to have fun with it on Twitter saying, did he really say that? No one has proof <laughs> that he said that. Um, right. but and the people immediately rushed to here's why you can, I can prove it. Right. Yeah. yeah on Twitter, <laughs> just calling out this one Packers fan. He was like, he was like, well, clearly you can see from footage evidence. I, in, I saw it in 4K, and I was like, oh, okay. So seeing it in 4,000 pixels as opposed to the 1,080 pixels I was seeing it in must mean that you can hear him better. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, thank you, dude. Yeah. Right. Um. But no, I. So in terms of that, those comments though by Rogers, my response was kind of like. I don't really care. Like, I own you. Yeah. I own you. Like, one, it's true. Two, it's just like I. There's nothing from that I can do about it. Three, is Aaron Rodgers isn't even going to be on the Packers next year, and yeah, all the. I, it's just such a transition year for both teams. You know what I it's hate? Just like, yeah. More than anything, is I just hate that Packers fans are like drooling over this moment that Aaron Rodgers created with saying I own you I, I've owned you my whole life is they're all like taking advantage of it and like oh well Aaron Rodgers is so great he really just did that to the Bears and yet there was a large percentage of the Packers fan base according to the one guy who was on Hogan Johns who writes for the Packers for the Athletic he said he felt like it was a 50-50 split between people who wanted Aaron Rodgers to stay, people who wanted him gone. Now all these No, yeah. Remember this offseason like every Packers fan I know on social media was saying like this is a distraction. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous now. It's Jordan Love's time to start. Yep. And yeah. But now that he did that to the Bears, they're all like, "Oh yeah, like this is the this is the guy." And it, it's just irritating and Packers fans are just the worst. They have no self-awareness of how fortunate they've been, and it just makes makes you mad. So, my, I yeah. guess my anger is more towards them as fans than it is the team. Like Aaron Rodgers is good, and I kind of like having him to hate. Um, but yeah, it's good for the rivalry. Yeah. yeah, but his statements meant nothing to me because again, he's going to be gone after this year. Okay, and also before this game, he was twenty-one and five against the Bears, and this made him twenty-two and five. So 
tell me, Bears fans, if you win this game and you're 21 and like, okay, so Rodgers scored that touchdown, pretty much put the game away. But let's say the Bears even come back and win this game, okay, 25 to 24 or whatever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make Aaron Rodgers' statement any less true. Oh, okay, so now he's 21 and 6 instead of 21 and 5. Wow, what a horrible record. Like, no, obviously he's still extremely good and he still does own you. But especially the fact that not only did he score the winning touchdown, but then, you know, holds on and does win the game. Now he's 22 and 5. He's played almost 30 games and won more than 20 of them. Yeah, he owns you. Yeah, I mean, there's so many parallels between that and then, like you already said, the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. Mm-hmm. And Like, as a Michigan fan, you're almost to the point where you're just, like, so numb to it that you're just like, hey, yeah, cool. Like, yep. I, you can't respond. You have, like, there's nothing you can say to defend yourself. Trying to defend yourself against the trash talk just makes you look even more pathetic. Like, it's the same thing with, yeah, the Michigan rivalry. And it's just like, that just comes with the territory. It's part of the rivalry. It makes the rivalry better. Unfortunately, the Michigan never flips the script and makes them eat their words. And so, hey, let them talk. Like, if Michigan wants to stop it, prove them wrong. Yep. You know, it's just one of those. It it comes with the territory of a good rival. And then Matt so. Nagy comes back after the game with, "Well, we need to understand the why." And I hate this statement because one Bears fan should be more upset about that statement does, than Rogers. Yeah, statement. it doesn't mean anything. And when he, when it was first put out that he said this, I thought it was a joke. I didn't even think it was serious, but the dude says this. What does that even mean? The why is honestly so is so vague, and it's so many reasons why. Like, there's know. no reason to be philosophical about it. Like, fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know what it is? It's because he doesn't want to admit that his offense sucks. But guess what, Nagy? Your offense has scored 96 points in six games. That's 16 points a game on average that you're scoring. 16. That is yep. abysmal. It is unacceptable. And it's just sad. And at some point, uh, that's been consistent throughout his whole tenure. At this point, we're on how many quarterbacks who've started for him and who's the common denominator. Yep. You know? Ryan Pace. Yeah. Right. True though. Virginia McCaskey. <laughs> um yeah, so I don't want to dwell too much on this. If you want to hear more flushed out thoughts, please go check out my show Full Press Bears where it's like it's we had a really good conversation on there. So go check that out. Uh, yep. Again, Is I was already out or no? No, not yet. It'll be out later tonight or right, tomorrow cool. morning. I'll listen to it tomorrow. Yeah. Um also my grandpa was there for Sunday too. So we watched this game, but I was kind of out of it for a lot of the rest of the NFL day. So I didn't see many other games. I don't even, I was barely even following what the lions were doing. So tell me about the lions. I'll be honest, make it another week that I did not watch a single snap of the lions. And I've, after doing that two weeks in a row, this feels a lot like Michigan last year. Like I think I might not watch very many lions games this year. Like, I like the I like the NFL a lot. My personal life has just been very busy, and you know this. Having kids, your weekends get really busy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, my only option anyway is to record the game and watch it afterwards. Well, it's like so much effort I'd for rather, a bad team, yeah. right? I'd rather go all out Saturday, watch Michigan, watch a lot of because I like college football probably better than 
NFL anyway. I go all out. I watch a lot of college games Saturday. And then Sunday, it's like, hey, I'm probably just going to spend time with my family and catch maybe some little snippets of games. I usually watch the Sunday night game, and I always watch the Monday night and Thursday night games. So if if I've got something else to do, I'm not going to watch a terrible Lions team lose at noon. Like, it's just I have better things to do, honestly. So, um, again, like, this team is just not good. There's some small bright spots, some young players. It is what it is. Again, this is basically just... To me, it's clear that they're rebuilding. So it's not just like the question's kind of been raised by some Lions fans. Are they really rebuilding or is this just another bad Lions team? And I think they are really rebuilding because this team would look a lot different with Stafford on it. And they gained draft capital to get rid of him. So that's a conscious decision to be worse, to accumulate draft capital. So to me, that's clearly rebuilding. And this year... You're going to be bad. Unfortunately, there's not a number one quarterback you can take with the number one pick. But if you can get a guy like uh, Thibodeau from the Ducks, like somebody like that, who's a like clear difference maker, the best last, defensive player in the draft. The last like, Oregon quarterback takens turned out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, no, actually, why are you laughing, Justin Herbert? Quarterback. No, yeah, quarterback. But yeah, like if we take a defensive player. Yeah, actually, so. I was thinking about this that. Kyle Hamilton should be on the Lions radar for he's I've heard people say if they don't get the number one overall and we're like fourth that a lot of people would be upset because we just took a corner and then you're taking a safety like I get it but yeah him Aiden Hutchinson too so like to keep it to our two schools both of them are going to be they're both going to be top five picks so realistically Lions will at least be in conversations for both so I don't know it's just I I'm okay with what the Lions are doing. I'm okay, again, with them taking Jared Goff. Unfortunately, a lot of fans who don't know any better who trash talk the Lions say, look how dumb the Lions are to trade for Jared Goff. It's like you do understand why this move was made, that we got extra picks to take him, and not only did we get extra picks to take him, having him basically guarantees you have higher picks the next couple years because he's so terrible. So um, he's the perfect quarterback to have when you're a rebuilding team because he's going to get you as high a pick as possible. Um, It's just very frustrating to watch. I'm at the point now where and, and all the fans who are saying, like, go get Cam Newton. Cam Newton's better than Jared Goff. Yeah, but that's not the point. We don't want a better quarterback than Jared Goff. We want to lose games, you know. Um, Why would we go get – Cam Newton, who's what is he going to be around when the rebuild's ready in four years? You know, so yeah, a lot of Lions fans just miss the point. To me, it's just easier to I enjoy the sport as a whole, and the Lions give me very little reason to watch. I can't really even fairly judge our coaching staff in front office this season, so I can't really watch for that. Our offensive line was supposed to be a strength, and we have two guys who are going to be out probably for the whole year. So it's just like there's really nothing to even be evaluating when I watch. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm just I'm enjoying a mental break from the Lions and I'm not a fake fan where I'm like, "Oh, they're so bad, I just don't care." Like I can like the direction they're going and still not enjoy watching it. I think that's a fair thing to do after all I've been through with the Lions with a lot of so, your teams, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm keeping up with the storylines. I'm I'm following pretty closely week to week, like storylines of players, uh, some of the interviews, some of the stories coming out of training camp or out of the the practices and training. Like, 
I'm following that stuff. But for the game itself, man, I just have better things to do, frankly. I do so. not blame you. I feel that way with yep. the, the, the Bears, too, at times. But I have a Bears podcast, so I kind of have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, any other NFL thoughts? Um, so, yeah, talking about, like, primetime games. It has been really fun to watch. Yeah, like the Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night games. Man, Derrick Henry. <laughs> like, I just need to say, like. So good. I've been on a big proponent of the you don't pay running backs. Agreed. And I think this year's even been <clears throat> further proof of that because McCaffrey's been hurt. Cook has been hurt. Kamara, I think, has been hurt. Saquon's been hurt. Like, all the guys who are the top running backs. And then even for the Bears, like, David Montgomery goes out and then they bring in, is it Williams? Khalil or- Herbert. Yeah, well, Williams got hurt too, yeah. and right, and then Herbert, and Herbert looks really solid. <laughs> so you can find guys in the draft mm-hmm. if you ha- if you trust your GM. And uh, I mean, obviously Montgomery's better, but that just goes to show. Like, and then even this week, like Nick Chubb was just out, and then now Kareem Hunt's going to be out for like a month. Yeah, so it's just like that. running backs just get beat up, and so I'm a yeah. Even more so, I'm like, hey, don't pay running backs. But Derrick Henry continues to just be the worth every penny, yeah. Where he is carrying that team. That's why he has such (laughs) Um, big shoulders. It's just absurd. Like all the stiff arms were crazy. Trying to tackle him in open space, like I would rather get hit by a car in a parking lot than try to tackle him in the open field. I feel like Derrick Henry is like Marshawn Lynch's beast mode, except he's on it all the time. It never just flips off, yeah. right? <laughs> and then it's like not only is he like the oh he's the big bruiser running back, right? And then he gets an open space and he's just gone. Like it, it's physically impossible that a guy that big should be able to move that fast. That big run, like the seventy whatever yard run he had, especially mm-hmm. the way he runs, like completely up and down, like Forrest Gump, the way he <laughs> runs. It's like the it just he looks did play absurd. at Alabama. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it looks bizarre and it's like oh, okay he's got a little space and he just outruns the corners and he's like what 260 it's bizarre like it's so it's like i've been a big titans hater i've been very frustrated with their team as a whole i think their receiving core stinks i think Tannehill's kind of overrated i think their defense is garbage but man tana but uh henry is going to do everything he can to carry this team into the playoffs yeah agreed. Um, and i respect i respect that so my only thought from the week is that the Cardinals are good, mm-hmm. and I already knew that. Yes, they but are. It, the question was like, oh, are the Bills the best team in football? And even a couple of weeks ago, I said, hey, I think the Cardinals might be. The Cardinals are absolutely the best team in and football. And they just got Zach Ertz, which it's insane. <laughs> Again, and Zach it's Ertz like, is being underused in Philly. Like, yeah. if you're a Zach Ertz fantasy owner, which I am, look, I would say look, nice. look for your points to spike from him. Mm-hmm. They just have such a perfect team. Like their defense has actually looked better. Yeah, like Chandler Jones with Dan yeah. with Jones when he's in. I know he was out J. this J. past Watt. week, and they still they still dominated. Yeah, they go get JJ Watt, who obviously his leadership at least on the defense is worth something. Um, getting in the draft, um, Rondale Moore. Yeah. Is like the Unfair. perfect pick for them because yeah. you have Hopkins as your deep threat, and then Moore just it, catches. Fitzgerald open space. hasn't even played this season so far because he's been injured. It's like <laughs> it's just absurd how good the Cardinals are. Um, like getting Rondell Moore is the, yeah again the perfect complement to Hopkins. It's basically like he's your 
Tyreek Hill type mm-hmm. receiver, and then they just went out and got um, z- yeah discount uh, Travis Kelsey. So it's just it's wild. Um, it's been super fun to watch them, Who's and I just like back? when teams. Um, uh, who is that? not David Johnson anymore because they traded him yeah. for t- Hopkins. Yeah, they clearly don't miss him at all, right? Um, Powell, William Powell, Andre oh, Ellington. James Conner, their RB1, but he's injured. They have James Conner, but I don't know if he was. Oh. So, I don't know if he's supposed to be gotcha. the running back. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Antonio Gibson. That can't be. What? He's on. That's not right, is it? He's on the football team, isn't he? That's what I thought, unless they just traded for him. Wait, let me see. That'd be they crazy. might have traded for him this offseason. Um, no, he's not on Cardinals. Chase Edmonds, James Conner, mm. Jonathan Ward. Mm. Gotcha. So, yeah, Chase Edmonds, I guess, is the main guy. But, yeah, they have A.J. Green, too. Like, <laughs> What? I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, their law offense is loaded. And Ky- uh, Kyler Murray, he's the kind of guy where it's like, yeah, he'll make mistakes at times, especially like this. You're still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with him, where it's like I still remember these past few years where it felt like he was doing too much. Mm-hmm. But maybe the the issue was just he didn't have the weapons around him. Right. Now you can have him do too much, and you have the teammates to help bail him out in times like yep. that. So I don't know. I just it everything seems like it's coming together, and I really like having a team like that. Like in a year where the Chiefs have been down at least to start the year, it's just really refreshing to see a new team at the top like yep. that so yeah it's been awesome um okay so i think we should go ahead and move on to our effing idiot Start. So for my effing idiot, I have Eddie Jackson. Idiot. The way he played on Sunday, even though he which would be fair if it was struggle. Yes. No. The reason I have Eddie Jackson, and even though you're not a Bears fan, you're ingrained enough on Bears Twitter, you're probably aware of this. That Eddie Jackson decided that he was not very happy that Lance Briggs criticized his tackling on the football after show on NBC Chicago, and so I actually haven't seen this. Oh really? So Eddie Jackson took to Twitter and decided As to do, and decided to do some homework. Well, he found a tweet from Pro Football Focus, which a lot of people have differing opinions on. I'll just say it that way. It's <laughs> a nice way to put it. And um, <laughs> this tweet from PFF stated that in 2011, the player that had the th- worst three-year stretch of tackling of missed tackles was lance briggs and so <laughs> eddie <funny>. jackson retweets <laughs> this with the hmm emoji with the mm. finger Classic. on the chin and yep. then pretty much immediately deletes it afterwards but not before the oh, army oh. from twitter could take screenshots of it um <laughs> just own it just leave it up so here here's the thing eddie jackson is like Okay, first of all, Lance Briggs has addressed this several times on Chicago radio, and I loved what he said. He basically was just like, look, I did miss tackles, and he said, but he said, I guarantee that I made more tackles than those that I missed. 
And he said, and I also guarantee you that on the team I was on, my my teammates were on me if I missed a tackle. He said, and when the team I played for, if I missed a tackle, I had to now answer to Erlacher, and I had to answer to Mike Brown and Alex Brown and Adewale Agunlia. Like, these guys are not going to come at me and ask me questions. He said, I'd have to go talk to Coach Lovey Smith, and he would be like, what's wrong? What's going on? And, like, he said that Lovey Smith never swore, but he would always, like, question everything. So he was like, these guys would get after me. And he said, I don't see that same accountability on the Bears. And he said, Eddie Jackson, you've got to – you have to tackle better. You have to. And it's not like Lance Briggs was staying, saying this out of a place of him being like, you have to tackle better just like I did. He's just dating in general. Like as a mentor almost. Yeah, you need to tackle better, okay? And so, yeah, Someone who's been there before. A lot of the best teachers are people who have failed at what they're – at certain thing and then found a good way to help people learn it because they failed. So I don't not right, say like Dan Orlovsky is a great analyst and he was a terrible quarterback. And I'm not saying that Lance Briggs <laughs> did have this horrible stretch because PFF, as we know, is trash. But mm-hmm. but like even if Lance Briggs did have a really rough stretch or whatever, like he's been through it, he would know Eddie Jackson and he's just trying to help. And he's just trying to help the team. He's trying to help you. And that's part of why the whole thing is so frustrating. And that's why Eddie Jackson is my FN idiot. So this might be, this is just a follow-up question. I hadn't really thought about this before. I haven't heard much criticism about this. But do you think, obviously you're more plugged into Bears media than I am. It might be unfair. Maybe it's just a one-person issue, right? With Jackson specifically. Is this at all on Sean Desai for not having that culture? Maybe it's unfair because it's his first year. Um, I would say that the culture of accountability should be permeated by the head coach, not just the defensive coordinator. Like, this should be something the head coach from day one is like, we are a team that is trying to help each other. Iron sharpens iron. If you see something that's going wrong, you tell them. Don't mince Mm. words. You tell them and you show them how they can be better. And that's kind of my opinion on it. Um, yeah, no, that's true. It does start at the top. So, because yeah. um, I, I mean, have you seen the Jalen Johnson stuff with him being fined? Yeah, too? I was going to bring that up next. So it's like I've seen some people talk about like, oh, Eddie Jackson's already rubbing off on him. Like, you don't want to see that. And maybe it's just a one-off. But like, you would hope that it's not like a locker room cancer kind of situation where he's causing like issues exactly. in a culture that honestly, frankly, already has issues. So, <laughs> right. yeah. So, what? Who is your uh, F? Okay. So my F idiot this week is Tony Romo. So I don't have much on this story. I just thought it was funny. Apparently, he went to a fundraiser. I had texted you about this a while back with Jim Nance, I believe. It's been several days now since I originally put this in the notes. But so he went to a fundraiser event, and this wasn't like a hey, let's go talk with a bunch of hardcore football fans. Like, this was like a fancy dinner type event, from what I can tell. Um, It was like an award ceremony. He was meeting with, um, yeah, multiple, like, high-up people to raise funds or whatever. Mm -hmm. And apparently he got so wasted that (laughs) Nance had to apologize for his behavior. And uh, I don't know if he's come out and said anything after. Um, I could try to look into it and stuff. But it just has raised issues of people have kind of criticized but also loved Tony Romo as a, as a commenter. And this is just a rumor. I mean, I 
I'm not trying to slander him or anything, but there have been questions about whether he was inebriated during broadcasts in the past. Um, it, it's just, to me, it's like, hey, yeah, maybe you're a multimillionaire. You should still be able to have raspy fun. voice. Ooh, I don't know, Jim. Oh. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, being Tony Romo's wife, him turning over and just being like, you know, good morning, honey. <laughs> good morning, honey. Ooh, let's take a look at that. Uh, it's close, Jim. Right. So it's just, I like that he's a unique personality, and I think he's a good analyst and good commenter overall. But I don't care how much how successful you are and how much you like to have a good time. You can't go to like a, a like a highbrow fancy fundraiser event and just get absolutely blitzed yeah. and look like an <laughs> idiot. Like, yeah, I mean, to me, he it's was just blitzed like, many times in his career. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, so it's funny, but you're still an effing idiot. Well, that. a third effing idiot that we did not mention is one coach order on. Oh yeah, <laughs> and just go Tigers. Yeah, that whole that whole like you and I went back and forth a lot on like what he's that probably saying, but like basically he hit on a pregnant lady who was also married at the gym, and she's also the person she's married to is like this higher up at LSU. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part, the best part is when she's like, "I'm married and pregnant." He's like, "Why does that matter?" <laughs> I mean, then, <laughs> the balls to say that. What is that matter? Where did it matter? Yeah. You want some gumbo? <laughs> yeah, maybe she I'll, just misunderstood. I'll see your gumbo, baby. I coached Joe Burrow to a national championship. Perfect season. Yeah. <laughs> How wild is that that he was a national championship coach? Less than two years ago. I know. Like, it, the, the trophies, you could still smell the wax on it, <laughs> and he's already out at LSU. <laughs> How bad do you have to screw up? <laughs> well, and the thing was, it was a mutual separation was the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like Urban and his wife. What I'm nervous about is, like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but, like, I don't think he's going to be hired right away again, but what I'm nervous about is, like... Notre Dame. No. Notre Dame. No. No, no, no. <laughs> what I'm nervous about is that, like, in two years, Nick Saban's going to retire, and Ed Orgeron will go to Alabama, oh. and they won't miss a step, really. Oh. I know. Roll Tide. That's a good example of one of those hypotheticals of, like, for Ohio State, it's like, oh, when their quarterback leaves, oh, yeah, when, uh, yeah, you know, when Braxton Miller leaves, or then, okay, Dwayne Haskins left. All right, good. Now they're going to have to have a new quarterback. Oh, it's somebody Justin transfers Fields. from Georgia. Oh, it's Justin Fields. Like, at some point, you're like, okay, well, at some point, they've got to have a bad quarterback. For in Alabama, you're like, all right, once Saban leaves, at some point, they're going to have a bad head coach. And you just, it's one of those hypotheticals, and it's just like you get this sinking feeling. Oh, it's like, oh, Favre's gone. Now it's like their next guy's going to suck. Okay, well, Rodgers is gone. Their next guy's got to suck now. It's like, you get this feeling where it's almost like it feels impossible. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Even though statistically you know at some point Alabama's going to have a bad head coach. At some point the Packers are going to have a bad quarterback. You know, it's just like you're so damaged by the past that it's like, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that happening. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Ed Orgeron in Alabama would basically have the same encounter as he did in Louisiana with a pregnant married woman, except this woman would have much fewer teeth. <laughs> and probably be at least 50 pounds heavier. The Deep South Special. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, roll tide. Roll tide. Kiss your cousin. Roll tide. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, good. All right. Well, that brings go us Crimson to Tide. our next topic. <laughs> it doesn't roll off yeah, the tongue go. like, go Tigers. No, go Tigers. Yeah. We'll just need more time to practice it. Yeah. Go Crimson Tide. Uh, <laughs> roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll have plenty of time to practice it. All right. Um, so a couple of things are going on this week. NHL started their season. I guess it was more like last week after we were finished recording that episode. And then we had... Yeah. The NBA starting this week. This is what a lot of people consider to be like Christmas time when it comes to sports because this is when you have football, baseball, hockey, and basketball all happening at the same time. And baseball still is going to be going on for a good another week at least because both the Braves Mm -hmm. and the Dodgers and the Astros and the Red Sox are still in the thick of their series as of now. And uh, then they still have the World Series to play after that. So you're looking for a good whole other week of baseball playing alongside these other sports. But the big news was obviously the NHL starting. Um, I was very excited to see how the Blackhawks would be this season because of the acquisitions of Seth Jones and Tyler Johnson and Marc-Andre Fleury. And I've been extremely disappointed and frustrated by the results. Um, they are mm. 0 three and one so far to start the season, and they're in every game so far. They've they will have a period where they just let up three goals, like in one period. You cannot have that. Like you should be allowing three goals per game, not in a single period. Is that more defense or goal keeping? Or yes, I'm sure it's a combination. Yes. But. So I, I so just to be transparent i've not had a chance to watch much of the blackhawks yet but from analysts that i've listened to one mark andre fleury is playing way underneath where they expected him to be so that's one problem the second is that Mm -hmm. the defense doesn't even seem that improved which is seems hard to believe after the acquisitions of seth and caleb jones you would think that if seth jones is supposed to be premier defender that you'd have at least some step up, but apparently there's not. So I don't really know what's going on there. Um, But things need to be figured out. And what a lot of people are pointing out is just that they feel that coach Jeremy Colleton is just not putting his players in the best position. And if that is the case, um, then yeah, I think he needs to be fired. Um, he's done absolutely nothing since he's been here. I always got the impression he was supposed to be a filler coach anyway. I think for some reason Stan Bowman and the front office view him as like this young whiz kid dude who was hired when he's like 38 or whatever. But he he seems very nice, but I just don't think he's I just don't think he's that good. And he's done absolutely nothing. The Blackhawks have been the worst they've been since Cannon Taves arrived um, under him. Um, far cry from the Stanley Cup glory they had been experiencing. So um, 
I don't know what needs to happen, but I think it needs to start with Jeremy Colleton being relieved of his duties. I think if that happens, I think you'll see a much better Blackhawks team. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my hockey team for now. How is how are the Detroit Red Wings holding up to start the year? Yeah, so it's been good so far. They're um, two zero and one. Um, obviously, the first game was not great. Your overtime loss when you're up six to three on Tampa and then let them come back, score three goals in like seven minutes Mm -hmm. and then they win in overtime. So the record's still good, but it's hard to not look at that and be like, man, we could have, we could have easily and should have been three and oh, but I mean, it's fine, whatever. It's a long season. It happens. Um, but yeah, I've been very impressed so far. It's been fun because a lot of the young guys like Raymond, uh, Mo Sider, who we just drafted, like you've got a lot of these younger guys playing this year so it's like the first year that it feels like the rebuild is actually coming to fruition because you're actually seeing some of these guys um in in the past it was it's it's just so hard to judge how a hockey rebuilds even doing because it's like i know we have guys we've drafted i don't really know where they are or when they're coming up because at least with baseball which is the only other sport you have the same kind of farm team Mm -hmm. you hear reports of like oh this person's batting this batting average down in the minors and coming up soon like things like that hockey it's just maybe it's because i'm more out of touch with it but it's just so hard to judge how a rebuild's going i really like Iserman a lot i really trust him he was obviously great with tampa i think he's going the right direction i think he will turn the team around um it's just it's frankly it's nice. too good of an, <laughs> it's frankly just too good of an organization with too good of a general manager to not think that we're going to be back to like perennial playoff contenders at some point um so it is nice we're seeing the young guys play um so yeah i don't know if that means that we're going to do much this year um it's fun to dream after the way the season started and be like hey maybe we could slip into the late rounds of the playoffs i think best case scenario is like we're contending for that last playoff spot this year and then next year we're actually looking at maybe can we win a playoff series you know so um it's just been super promising a lot of young guys are really good yeah uh Bertuzzi, uh, who's actually he's the I don't know if you knew this he's the nephew of Tyler or of Tyler Bertuzzi is the nephew of Todd Bertuzzi who was on the wings, yeah, back whenever I he thought paralyzed. I, guy. I thought I recognized yeah I thought I recognized the name Bertuzzi, yeah. So, so it's his nephew. His nephew got it. Yeah, which is, is he so. just as violent? He oh. is very violent actually. He's one of the he's definitely a guy where it's like man. You love him if he's on your team and hate him if he's not. Yeah. I can definitely see that because he's he's definitely a, like a brawler. He's the enforcer, like tough defender. He's really talented. He already has five goals this year. Um, he had four in the first game. He might have six goals, actually. Um, but he's a very good player. So it's like you just need guys like that where it's like it feels like our team actually has personality again. Like back when we had Datsuk and Zetterberg, it's like we had big names. We had guys who stood out from the crowd. No offense, like our captain, Dylan Larkin, no offense to him, but he's always just been a very like cookie cutter bland. Yeah. Like if you create a hockey player on a video game who has no personality, that's him. It's just like I just it's nice to see the team actually have some character again. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's been entertaining and hockey is just so fun to watch too, that I know as if you have a team that's struggling, it's not fun to watch. And I've talked about this before. If your team's really bad, it's brutal to watch cause you never possess the puck and it's just like so discouraging to watch. 
But at least the Red Wings are good enough this year to be interesting. So Agreed. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on to the NBA then. So tonight was mm-hmm. the second day of the NBA, but opening night for the Bulls in Detroit against the Pistons. Um, it was a very close game, really. Um, the Bulls only pulled away a little bit at the end and did cover. 94 to 88 was the final score. Um this game didn't really go as expected because I think a lot of us expected there to be more points scored than that. But it is what it is. I am very high on the Bulls. Higher on the Bulls than I am on the Blackhawks. I really think this is a playoff team. I think this could be a top half of the conference playoff team where they are like fourth in the Eastern Conference. I think that's that is a real possibility. Um, fourth is what I would pick if I had to guess right now. Levine, like Levine, t- in tonight's game, Levine scored 35 points. He continues to look just more and more dominant as years as the time goes by, and especially now with Lonzo Ball being someone who can facilitate the ball, Nikola Vucevic, who's a true center who can be positioned down low and help orchestrate um, give and goes and things like that. That's huge for him. It's about people creating shots, open shots for Pat for. Um, not Patrick Williams, for Zach Levine, and he is taking advantage of those opportunities as he gets them. Um, So I think the Bulls have a legitimate shot to be a really good offensive team. Their defense has been impressive as well this postseason. I'm just very excited to see where they'll be. Now, do I think losing to or beating the uh, Pistons by six points is an accomplishment? No, not at all. Um, Because it's, it's just not. I think... You, I think you should have beat the Pistons by more than six points, in my personal opinion. Like, this should have been at least a 10-point game, um, again, in, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, so the, the, that's kind of my thoughts on the Bulls. I think, you know, it's the first game, so let, let them work up their chem- chemistry. But I think they will be very good, and I think they'll find themselves towards the top of the conference, and I think – that they will make the playoffs and potentially even make a little bit of a run, um, maybe to like the quarterfinals or something like that. So that's my thought on the Bulls. What are your thoughts on uh, the Pistons? Well, yeah, first off, I agree with you about the Bulls, which what I think about the Bulls says a lot about how I feel about the Pistons game too. Um, I'm very high on them as well. If I had to guess, I'd pick fourth seed and – like as much as I don't like the Bulls because they're a rival team, I think it'd be refreshing again, like we just talked about with football, to see a team like the Bulls and kind of like the Hawks did last year. Like I think it's just good for the sport to see more and more new blood mm-hmm. making runs in the playoffs. And I mean, last year we saw that. Yeah, you had um, the Nuggets were good. The uh, the you know like we've had teams like the Jazz have been good these past few years. Like. I mean, you still have your super teams, you still have your Nets Lakers, but then you have the Suns, who were just a lottery team a couple of years ago in the finals against the Bucks, who have been a small market team and just have like one guy basically. Right. So, I think it's been really good for the sport. I have an issue with the sport, just the like the quality of it in general, which I'm going to talk more about later. But um, I think that is way better for it when teams like the Bulls are good, and Agreed. so yeah, no, I th- I agree, and I think. That being said, because I think the Bulls are a really solid team, I was impressed with the Pistons tonight. So, 
we frankly, we just missed too many shots. We missed a lot of wide open threes. Um, and that's going to happen. And I think a lot of it, both teams are just rusty start of the year. Yep. It is what it is. Um, but the way we played against what I think is a very good team without Cade, uh, who missed the first game of the year, I was impressed. Like with how well they played, I think they're already at least going to be better than last year. Some continued development of young guys like Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, um, Killian Hayes. Like I think we already would be better without Cade, just based on what I've seen. And then if you add him, um, I think that solves a lot of the scoring issues we saw tonight if he develops the way we think he should. And if you have a super talented first overall NBA pick, that should translate to the NBA exactly fairly quick, fairly quickly relative to other sports, you know. Um, 100%. So, yeah, no, I'm very excited about the Pistons. I mean, I think that the, what I've seen, again, you can't base too much on one game, but I already thought this coming into the year. Like, is there a chance that the Pistons could be – maybe a seven, eight seed, or maybe in that extended playoff competing for an eight seed. Like, yeah, right. I think it's possible. So we're a super young team. The nice thing too, is like, we're on such an, uh, the bulls and pistons are, just, they're both more exciting this year than they were last year for different reasons. They're just in different places. The bulls are much more established and ready to, to contend right now. The pistons, I think are kind of coming out of a rebuild and will be very exciting. Just, I think that they're exp- lack of experience is going to hurt them at times but um no i'm very high on the pistons this year i think detroit sports in general with the red wings the pistons possibly the tigers soon at least the lions look like they finally have a direction as much as i think it's going to be a long rebuild um i think the pistons are that first team that's kind of emerging from the pit of what's been terrible detroit sports for the past decade so yeah it's encouraging well let's go ahead and do our journey of being a better better everybody's always talking at me everybody's trying to get in my I don't think you should be doing too much gambling tonight Alan gambling the same thing about gambling. It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Either way, it, you got to be super smart to count cards, buddy, okay? Oh, really? It's not easy. Okay, well, maybe we should tell that to Rain Man because he practically bankrupted the um, casino. Before we close out the show. So, um, honestly, I, I haven't been able to that much recently just because of being out of state. But here's what I would say in terms of what has been an accomplishment for me, what I'm high on, what I'm low on. Um, so in the NFL, I continue to just be massively high on the Cardinals. Cardinals plus three against the Browns is the easiest thing ever in my life. So I was happy to take that. Thank you, Vegas. They win by like 30. Yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely them. I think Georgia is an easy one to put money on. You're not going to make much on them. But they're a good one to, uh, in terms of just if you're wanting a win, putting money on Georgia um, is a good win. Um, let's see, who else do I like? I don't know. My stock is still very much down on the Niners and the Panthers, teams that a lot of people have intrigue about and think could be good. I don't think they're any good. Um, so that's something I'm down on. I'm very high on the Cowboys, and I'm high on Dak Prescott. And Kyler Murray. Both of these gentlemen, I feel like, could be in the running for MVP. Both, whatever player props you find of them, go over. 
okay? Because they're going to go over. Passing yards, they're going to go over. Passing touchdowns, they're probably going to go over. Like, they're going to go over. So, Dak and Kyler be picking up those. Uh, that would be my advice. Pick up those player props as the game um, approaches. So, that's kind of what's worked out for me recently. I had a really good stretch. I was down to, like, $2. Now, I'm up to 20 I'm just trying to build that up to that next $10 increment uh, up to 30 Put me in really good standing there. So, yeah, that's my journey of being a better better. What about you? Nice. So, I had been on a historic, for me, hot streak. I had put $10 into my point bet account, which, again, now is a good time to mention. Sign up with our promo code FRUSTRATE at points bet. Bet along with us. Um, I had turned $10 at one point into $85, and now I'm back down to around $60. Um, so still definitely way up, but hit a little bit of a cold streak after what was an amazing streak of betting. Um, most of what I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of college football. Um, it really is, like you said, now is like the best time of the year for sports. We have uh, just tonight I watched some NI, uh, some MLB playoffs, then I watched NBA preseason or NBA season opener for my team. Now I'm watching hockey, and then I was just watching college football. Yeah, it's, like, it's pretty just awesome. awesome how much yeah. <laughs> how much stuff is on. Most of my bets have been college football. Um, I don't know. Yeah, as far as teams that I'm that are like my favorite to bet with, I like again the like, Bears. There hasn't really been yeah one team for college. Um, Pro, I've been really, I've been betting the Cowboys about every week. I think they're undefeated against the spread so far this year. Yeah, um, Cowboys are. I've really kind of changed my betting strategy too. I'm trying to like in primetime games, it almost always feels like the underdog is the right play. And the and under the under yeah. is the right play. Yep. Agreed. Um, I think so. I'm trying to fade the public a lot too. So when you look and see like 79% of the bets are on this team to win on Monday night, and they're the favorite that pretty much automatically tells me to bet the underdog. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so because of that logic, I've actually won several bets betting on like the Texans and it's like Texans plus 11 and it sounds ridiculous, but yeah, late did garbage time. Did touchdown, Davis Mills know, use so. his bendy neck and deliver the money directly <laughs> to you. Oh yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> Old drafty Mills. Um, so yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out like what those teams are. I'm, I just live bet Vegas. They're in a one-one game against the Blues. I'm watching that now. Ten minutes left in the third. I got it at even money. Um, just money line. Golden Knights. They've been solid this year. Um, so I'm trying to figure out like what are the teams in basketball and hockey that I'm going to kind of ride the rest of this year. I told you my idea to fade teams for the NBA um, was I should just do a parlay every night betting against the worst teams yep. in the NBA. Agreed. So Thunder, Rockets, Cavs, maybe Pelicans. Like, who are those, like, top five worst teams? And, like, which ones are the ones that have at least matchups that I get decent odds on and just parlay a few of them together? Because yep. um, if you're a bad team in the NBA, oh, the Blues just scored. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what's the over yeah, like? like? What's the score? They're only at a total of three, and it was five and a half. So, is it the third? Yeah, ten minutes left in the game. Oh yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, it's not great. Well, well, we... but yeah. Um, Since... on that note, yeah, <laughs> on that note, airing of grievances.
You fool! I've been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku! So my first grievance is that. Um, so again, my betting has been up and down, but today, if I lose this bet, which it looks like I'm going to, I'll lose my live bet and my original bet of the over. So it's just been a, a rough day overall. I mean, I'm still in the positives, obviously, but yeah, I think today my total bets would have been like two and five or something. So yeah, not great. Um, so that's my first one. My second one is, I already mentioned this, the NBA product. And I've talked about this before on this show. Kind of sucks. Um, I mean, I love, I love basketball. Um, obviously, I'm excited about the Pistons because I think they're going to be a lot better this year. But the NBA is just boring to me. And I, some of it's just personal preference. But I think some of it is just objectively, it's just not a good product. Like, the crowds aren't very hyped unless it's the playoffs. Um the scoring feels like each possession from one possession to another doesn't really matter much. Um, yep. The TV production value, like it had, the NBA has its own distinct feel. Feels way different than college basketball, and to me, it's just way less exciting. Um, I don't know what it is. Like again, it's just me personally. I'm just, I guess, not right. as big an NBA fan as I am other things. But again, tonight I watched playoff baseball which okay it's unfair to compare playoff baseball but just baseball in general to me i enjoy better regular season hockey very fair comparison because both seasons just started regular season nhl is awesome like these games are super exciting super fun um and then obviously nfl and college football are better than basically everything but i don't know nba to me has just been kind of a tough watch i will watch because i'm excited about the pistons but Mm -hmm. um, my final grievance is uh, me and my family are in the process of looking to move, and uh, mm -hmm. we're kind of in the early stages. Very we cool. had an appraisal on our house. We are kind of looking at possible days to do an open house. We're going to start looking at some houses. So it's been fun, but man. You can't you, buy mine. Yeah. You talked about this when you were moving into yours. It's just all the paperwork that goes into it, the whole process. It just is very overwhelming to me. It's, as, it sucks. As it I sucks. look at everything, it's like I'm busy enough in my personal life. I because it's like it, even it would be a lot if I could even just like all right, I'm gonna take the next month off of work yep. and just like well, the, like for you, you're able to do it during the summer when mm -hmm. you're since you're teaching, yeah, you're out. off work. It out for me in the but summer, it's yeah. still just a huge hassle. And it, it was all harder of it for feels you more than they actually need to go through to, to make sure you can buy a house. Like, yeah. By the way, one of the things that's so dumb to me is it's so it's so stupid to me that, and this goes for houses, cars, credit cards, whatever. It's so stupid to me that you can be approved for something, but then everything has to go through underwriting again to actually approve you. Yeah. So like. I can be, you can pre-approve me to buy this house, but until underwriting can go through and actually confirm and say, no, yeah, now you can officially. So you're, what you're like, saying is your pre-approval was meaningless, right? <laughs> exactly. It, it's kind of stupid, yeah. but. Yep. Um, so it's good, but just a lot. Yeah. Well, speaking of busyness, my first area of grievance is 
even though I am on break, it feels like I'm just always busy. Um, like today, I was working on the deck, which I mentioned earlier. And then Polish this that. evening, we drove up to my um, in-laws because my daughter had a thing at their church. And I drove up to, then after from there to my brother-in-laws to help change the oil in my car. And it's just like these are the kinds of things that your break consists of, making break. Not entirely fun and not entirely restful. So I'm hoping... Catching up on all the things you needed to do. Yes, including sleep. Like, it's important to catch up on sleep. And so I'm hoping I'll be able to do that here on these last few days of break. So, um, yeah, so that's one grievance. The other one is just that I've had a lot of almosts on bets. Uh, Tonight I had a Mm. four-leg parlay for the Bulls game with some player props, and I hit three out of the four, so that was frustrating. Um... So, that was just irritating. That's why that's also my airing of grievances. Yep. Well, cheer up, Furious George. You know what they say. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. This'll help things turn out for the best Always look on the bright side of life Always look Well, that is what we're frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FN Podcast on social media or at FrustrationNation at ShootYourShotSports.com. Go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. If you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday, sometimes, everywhere you can get podcasts, and be sure to subscribe. If it's not out on Tuesday, check again on Wednesday, maybe Thursday. If it's not, check again on Friday. And if you get as frustrated as you do, or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon. For a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for one-time donation, every little bit helps, even $1, which is... Which is as much as a 60th of a gym membership to whatever gym that pregnant lady was going to that Ed Orgeron hit on, probably. Makes a big difference Makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Get out there and frustrate the hate. Go Tigers. And go Tigers. That's such an electric line. <laughs> hey, baby, I see you're pregnant. Huh? <laughs> I want to get some of that action. Want to work out with me? <laughs> it's like, I already have a husband and I'm pregnant. And why does that matter? I, I have a goldfish if we're talking about things that don't matter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Is that what the line was? <laughs> no, that's just my idea for a line. Oh, that would have been sweet. <laughs> I have a national title ring. Yeah, you want to know what was, <clears throat> you know was really sweet? It was when, after my team won the national championship game, and Odell Beckham Jr. was handing out lots of cash to all my players, then we got a violation for it. <laughs> right. <coughs> oh, wow. My quarterback oh. was Joe Burrow. I'd like to burrow my Joe and you. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs>